Well, welcome. I'm George Parrott with Christ's Mandate for Missions here in the Missions House in sunny Fort Mill, South Carolina, with some special guests today from America, from Rwanda, and also Guatemala, too. So um, next to me, we have Joanna, who's the assistant for Pacific, and then John Heiss, who lives in Martinsville, Virginia, and John and I have known each other uh, a little the last couple of years, but we just fell in love with each other. He's a worship uh, pastor and working on a worship school in Rwanda. And next to John is Ornella, Wave Ornella, who works with CMM, and we're so blessed to know her the last couple of years. And, and then in the back, we have Joanne's mom. Lorraine. <laughs> Behind every great daughter is a mom, rolling her eyes. <laughs> and down at the end, we have Cristobal Chamele from Guatemala, who we've known his family for many years. So it's such friends gathering together. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for uh, divine wisdom, your grace and mercy and insight and prophetic vision and revelation over our time together today. So, uh, Pastor John, let's start with you and just how how we met, like for ten seconds, and sure. what you what the Lord's been having you do for the last few decades. Sure, uh, uh, we met through a mutual friend, uh, David Bates, uh, his ministry, and uh, we uh, the Lord put us and partnered us together, David and I. And he said, you know what, you need to meet this guy, uh, George. Um, you know, because of our heart for missions and also just the prophetic ministry and the worship, uh, which is where uh, the Lord's put me. I've pastored for about 35 years, uh, about 20 of those or 25 of those are in Martinsville, Virginia. And then lately, the Lord has just been kind of getting me back out in the mission field in the, in the world, uh, I'd say the last 10 years. And so one night uh, uh, back in 2021, the Lord woke me up and said, do a worship school in Tanzania. I was like, Lord, I don't know anybody right now in Tanzania that I think it would be. I began to seek the Lord about it. And then somehow Pacific came to my, through a mutual friend, the Lord said, that's the guy I want you to meet. Well, he lives in Rwanda, but you had been in Tanzania at the time that I met, that I, you know, that you were with Chad and my pastor friend and things like that. So we connected and then uh, we decided, I decided to go out there to Kenya and meet Pacific without knowing him, just meeting him a little bit. And uh, we walked into that church and uh, he didn't know me and I didn't really know him. And the Holy Spirit witnessed it tremendously that there was the same heart and uh, the same desire for the presence of God and not performing and, and everything. So uh, Pacific, I don't know how you felt, but it knocked me over. And then, I, and then, uh, and then that's when I said, I'm in. Uh, Pacific had a vision for a worship school, and and not just for that country, which was amazing, but it was for many, many countries in Africa. So anyway, that's my part of it, and then we just connected more and more over that time, and I saw that uh, that George is a, you know, they're, like I said, there are many teachers, but not many fathers. I said, this is a father, uh, and, and, and this is somebody that's got the same heart. And so I said, you guys got to be amen. amen. So. Thank you, John. And um, introduce us to Joanna. And Joanna, share the vision mm -hmm. of the ministry there in Rwanda. Yeah. Um, so I've been living in Rwanda for a year and a half. 
and um, working with Pacific and Kennedy, uh, his wife, and their ministry and church is Fatherhood Sanctuary. And so um, it, my role has kind of evolved <laughs> over the years as we have, or well, year, as we've seen the need and um, just growing the ministry. And so um, we sort of have like several different legs of the ministry, if you will. There's the, you know, the church side of it, um, that, you know, the Sunday service, Friday night service, you know, different things like that, working within the community. Then we have our projects that we're working on. So we've got the, the music school is one. There's a technology school that's a um, going to be an online partnering with Bethel Tech. And then we're also developing a primary secondary school called Glorious Academy. And all of this is designed with a kingdom focus and, you know, helping children from an early age learn the presence of the Lord, learn how to, and, um, like have that be how they do their life and that infiltrate every part of their academics and what they're learning. And so as they grow up, as they're learning the academic skills, they're applying that through a kingdom uh, minded focus. And so then they would go, um, they could go into either like the music track or the coding tech track um, as a, as post-secondary options. And um, so those are kind of the projects that we're doing, but um, and, and then we have this um, Morning Joy for All Nations, which is the international ministry that Pacific has started. I don't remember how many years ago did you start that? I think I started in 2016. Okay. And so he's been bringing together, um, it started as like pastors and church leaders from multiple nations. And then I think what it was about a year and a half ago that the Lord gave you a vision to start bringing business leaders together and government leaders. And so then we started including those leaders in this movement as well and um, just hosted our first annual Kingdom Business Forum. That's what we're calling it. That was in November. We had 100 attendees, about 40 of them were from out of the country and we had business leaders church leaders government leaders and just talking about doing kingdom business doing kingdom government um, and really getting back to the roots of what was the heart of jesus ministry what did he teach and having that be how we run things and so doing things not in a corrupt way but also reuniting some of these sectors that have sort of been um, kind of separated and at odds with each other. Um, and so, but yeah, Pacific has, you know, he meets monthly with the pastors from multiple churches. I think there's several denominations that are present. So he, there's not like, he doesn't discriminate against, um, you know, any different. So you've got Catholics, Presbyterians, you know, charismatic, whatnot. Um, and so he's really just a connector. Um, and he also holds a position in the government. He's a, a local, I guess the equivalent of like a city kind of vice president of the city. And so he does some local government. So the Lord's been placing him in government positions as well, which I believe is key. And so, but there's a lot of favor on his life and it's been an honor to serve with him. I met him for the first time in 2018 when I went on a mission trip to Rwanda and then went on a couple other mission trips to other countries in Africa, Zambia, Kenya, and then ultimately moved there in 2021 and I'm still there. <laughs> wow, exciting. I can't wait to meet you, Pacific. Everybody just raves about you. I know you have a heart of gold and a heart after the Lord and you, uh, you have a precious family, I'm sure. 
And it's such an, an amazing time full of opportunities for the glory of the Lord to shine brighter, even to glow in the dark. You know, the scripture talks about in Isaiah 60 that, that darkness will cover the earth like water covers the sea. But in this time, in this day, the glory of the Lord will shine brighter and brighter on God's people. So we just uh, trust the Lord for these divine connections. You all here and you Pacific there are such an answer to prayer. You know, for over 20 years, I prayed, Lord, introduce me to remarkable men and women around the world who are making a real impact in the kingdom of God. And God is always faithful. And I know I'm only here by his grace today Amen. that he has assignments for each of us that we're still to do. And it's better when we do it together and Amen. be a part of Jesus' last prayer in John 17, that we'd be one as he and the Father are one. So Pacific, share uh, from your heart, you know, vision, anything that, that uh, needs to be said. Uh, we just love you already. We haven't even met face to face. Thank you so much. Um, I get saved in 1998. Um, you know, during that time, there was a lot of things going on in Rwanda. Then my mother, she was a, a, a prayer warrior. She loves praying so much in some years ago. But because of what was going on in Rwanda, we couldn't really believe in Jesus. I was doing some funny things in the town. And uh, one day I get saved. No one preached to me, but uh, I just I passed through the church and I see, is it really God exists or not? Then I went somewhere in the room and I said, God, I don't want to be saved but I wanted to know if you exist or not. And I knew that if you fast, God will come. I fasted for three days with my alcohol and some drunk things that I had. And in the last day, God came to me and he explained, he read, you know, something going on. And I was really, I really felt God because someone came in and we talk physically. And uh, after that, I go back to home in my mother family, then I come back again. I say, now I want to be saved. And uh, that day, I fasted again for three days. The last days, that guy again came. And he told me that I have you in my hands and no one will take you out of my hands. And you will never depart in my house. You will dwell in this house the rest of your life. And that day, God put me in my heart the burden for Africa. I started praying and seeing, looking how African can be transformed, how African, you know, they can overcome the problem that they had, the poverty problem, the mindset problem. You know, it's it's really deep in my heart. I remember it was a 2000, that's when I had a dream and, uh, and uh, God showed me the book of Isaiah 19 and I read it all. And God talked to me and he said that the place that there is Egypt, put it Africa. In that book of Isaiah 19, I know it. many people, they can translate in a different way. So uh, it has two parts. One, it talk about what will happen in Egypt, but I consider that like Africa. And also how God will view himself to the Africa. When I read that script, it's like, it gives me the open vision on how Africa is and how God wants to save Africa. That was my burden that I prayed and cried 
day and night. Uh, during that time, I could spend all a year, not, I'm not exaggerating, all a year sleeping in the house, in the church building, just asking God for the help. So, um, you know, after sometimes as the burden keep growing in me and uh, God started giving me different strategy, you know, uh, uh, in that book, Isaiah, it said that all the people will come together to worship God. That's become my first desire. How can I bring church together? How can I put pastors together and pray for one another and bless one, bless one another? And all of us come together and pray for Africa. That's how the morning jail was born. And I started putting the pastors together here in Rwanda, in Eastern Central Africa. So I have been going around Eastern Central Africa, putting pastors together and praying together and telling them that we don't, we don't have to care about denomination, boundary, believe this, we believe this. We have a problem that we have to come together and ignore all of that and pray and ask God to intervene in our, in our life. So after going to different churches and pastors together, I saw that there is a gap in worship. You know, worship always help people to, you know, to, to, you know, uh, to host the presence of God. And I found like the worship in East Africa, it's just like dancing, performance, you know, they just, they are just like in the show. Then now I realized that for the pastors coming together, for God to come in the church, worship should, should positioning itself and helping the church to host the presence of God. When I look around in Africa, we don't have a school of music. The few school we have, like in Rwanda, we have only one school and that school is secular. I sent two of my worship reader to that school, but one of them, he didn't come back. He's doing secular right now. You see? Wow. So and it's like there is no a place to you know to train them, to teach them, to raise them. And, you know, there is no way to mentor them. So that's become really a big need to me to see if we can establish a school that will help that worship to bring that movement. That's how I thank God that I met with John and you say, hi, let's do it. Let's do it. And we really believe, we are, we are believing that it's coming and it's going to create African movement of worship. It's going to be of or over. That's so, so true because worship is so important you know too often modern men we get caught up in our head and our thoughts and our carnal intellect and and the lord has throughout the bible the importance of worship entering into his presence and i think worship can really bring healing peace deliverance um and even open up our spirit man or woman to receive revelation from the lord according to his word and his spirit and his desires. So God bless you, uh, uh, Pastor Pacific and Pastor John, for this vision for schools of worship. I, I see it in different countries, even as you were telling that Pacific. I was seeing schools in, in Kenya and, and Ghana and Nigeria and other countries opening up uh, because there's such power and transformation that can come when we really develop a, a heart of worship. I remember many years ago, my wife 
Anna Marie went with a team of ladies to Ghana. We have friends in Accra and other parts of Ghana doing things. And they were at a, a, a conference in a church and she would teach on a conference. You can ask Anna about this or Nella and Chris. And and she said she was speaking about oh, awesome. about, about deep worship. And they started doing the the dance around the sanctuary and uh and they would they kept doing the African dance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Slow down, worship, just adore the Lord and uh saw um in a beautiful way mm -hmm. how the Lord was getting their attention about worship. Hi, welcome back. Thank you. I don't know what happened. All those things happened. It could be even on our end. So we're back. Yeah. I was just sharing with the others, um, waiting for you to come back mm -hmm. Pacific about uh, years ago, my wife went to Ghana with a bunch of ladies and they mm -hmm. carried some, uh, you know, we'd raised funds for some expensive equipment and, and they were praying how they would get through, through customs and immigration. And the Lord just gave them supernatural favor. Amen. And they were in uh, several meetings and conferences. But at one church, my wife was teaching um, the power of the Lord's presence through worship. And the people started, started dancing and jumping up and down, praising the Lord. And said, no, we're, we're doing worship, which is different than, than praise. And anyway, they had a breakthrough. Um, but everybody in the world needs to learn more about worship. I know I do. And so this is important to have that vision. So God Amen. bless you. Yeah. Uh, I think I can continue a bit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then from there, I came also realize that the only gospel we have here in Africa, it's just the gospel of salvation. We have been taught just get saved and wait to go to heaven. But here in between, after we get saved and before we go to heaven, there is no way we, we have thought about partnering with God. It's like the African churches, the life they are living is just getting saved and squeeze yourself, wait, Jesus is coming, then we are going to heaven. But they don't tell us before Jesus came, the 50 years, how we are going to partner with God. So always in our churches, we will hear like, get saved, get saved, get saved, get saved. I love that being saved is the key, but learning how to partner with God. So from there, that's when it came, my mind was changed. And I started thinking, how can I partner with God? How can I do things with God? How can I raise families and business people with God? You know? You found like a young generation, they are growing in the church in the age of 20, 25, when they want to make money, there is nothing go the church is, is doing. They are not mentoring them. They have to go outside to be mentored by the, the unsaved people. So that's how we come up with this kingdom mind, kingdom business uh, minded on how can we bring the body of Christ together? Because I believe the body of Christ is not only the church, when we talk to church, we talk about pastors and other. I believe the body of Christ is everybody, is like uh, business people, pastors, uh, government leaders, when they can come together for the sake of God, you know? So, and I started putting them together and it's like my heart is to bring back the business people and the government people in the church 
because they have left the church because they don't found themselves in the church. So how can I help the church to realize that this is also God? It's also God's calling. There is something that I have to do with God. You know, so and that's how we have been coming up with this kingdom business forum where we put our business people and government people and just sharing about how they can do in godly way how they have to manifest the kingdom of, of god in the marketplace how can we bridge that spiritual aspect and the physical aspect you know because without that church will only struggle pastors will only struggle we have to come up together for the entire so solution and also Amen. from I think that's a correct assessment of, of the church in the 21st century around the world. Many people are just waiting for the rapture. They don't yes. know that all the beauty that comes from the salvation in the Lord of healing, wholeness, deliverance, and then to learn to, to walk and grow in maturity and depth in all the ways of the seven spirits of God to be able to bring about um, transformation in the world and truly Amen. disciple every creature and also disciple the nations. You know, about 10 or 12 years ago, I had a vision and the Lord took me high up above the earth and I had been praying and it was very trendy at that time of the seven mountain mandate teaching, you know, and the Lord in this vision took me high above the earth. He said, what do you see? I said, oh Lord, I see your beautiful earth, your creation. And he pointed and he said, that's your mountain. Jesus said to go into all the world, and that's not just geographical, but that's every sector of society and government, education, sports, entertainment, uh, medical, technology, everything uh, needs to be invaded with the love of God that people can encounter the Lord. And many people in, in the West, you know, in, in Europe, in North America, um, they get caught up in their carnal intellect thinking there's doctrines or formulas but but jesus rarely moved by formula he only did and said what the father god was showing him and that's what we can have as we are invited into the very throne room of god to come with boldness and confidence to receive grace and mercy to help in time of need but to to walk with him in the spirit because we're really spirit creatures in these clay vessels for a season and then how do we bring that presence through through worship, through encounters, but then take it on a practical level into every sector of society. We have a College of Theology offering accredited degrees around the world online in different languages. And we really um, teach our students and reinforce it um, that the word of God and living as spiritual beings uh, is to go into every area that everything we do we could be a street sweeper or a farmer or a carpenter a nurse a lawyer a doctor everything is ministry and everything is worship unto the lord as we realize that he's the father of lights and we can do nothing apart from jesus so Amen. i love the simplicity and the power of the gospel jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light so, hallelujah thank you lord so Amen. Nella, you're you're from Rwanda. Do you want to share more about the culture or what the challenges and what the breakthroughs coming are about? Oh, um, I think for me, from my my background is in, you know I have my master's and my doctorate in pastoral care and counseling, and um, if we also look at the 
the background, the, the historical background as well. I think that that way of doing worship in a way is giving them an escape from ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think that ha having, having to have a tight worship or, you know, uh, if I keep moving or if I keep shouting or if I keep right. doing all the things is going to help me, you know, um, avoid what I'm feeling mm -hmm. because there's because there's this um, lack of theological um, exposure to Rwandans that you can come to God with all you have, mm -hmm. even if it's painful, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's uh, wounds, even if it's anger. Yeah. So there's this idea that I, there's a way I have to come to God. So if I am struggling with forgiving, if I'm struggling with alcoholism, if I'm struggling with, you know, whatever it is, if if I do authentic worship, then that means I have to sit with the things uncomfortable within me. Um, so if we're going to talk about worship, we also have to talk about the counseling and the mental health as well. How are we encouraging them? How are we exposing them that God is comfortable with the things you're uncomfortable with mm -hmm. and that it's okay? Amen. You know, you've heard of probably about the revivals broken out at Asbury University and spreading to other campuses in America. And one thing that I've noticed with Generation Z, the, the younger generation that's that's part of these revivals, is they they don't like hypocrisy. They don't like double-mindedness. And we've been praying for generations for each generation to, to know and encounter the love of God. But I love how they love authentic honesty, vulnerability, transparency. And I think that many people that have been turned off by Christianity or churchiology in the past is they didn't like the um, the double-mindedness or the superficial, artificial facade that we put on. And the Lord is wanting us to be real. You know, Jesus was real. Jesus wept. Um, and the emotions that God created us with, God is an emotional God, but he wants us to to uh, have our spirit man or woman walking in the authority over our mind, will, and emotions so that we can have um, a sanctified, holy, consecrated life set apart for the Lord, but not deny the, the emotional things or the mm -hmm. sorrows or the hardships or the addictions or angers that we deal with and how people, we need each other to, to listen to each other um, even though we may have been saved way longer than them, but to welcome the great harvest that is now upon us, to be able to welcome those that come from different backgrounds. They may be Muslims or Hindus or homosexuals or even into satanic worship or witchcraft. I know many fiery preachers and believers and worshipers that come out of a dark background, but the Lord is the one who can heal and deliver and set the captives free by his grace. So um, the times are changing and we need to adapt to be Amen. prepared for the great harvest. But all those things you said, Pacific and everyone else on the panel are, are so true. So um, Joanna, what else is the Lord showing you about how do we be relevant without compromising, without being conformed or being lukewarm, but being the unique creations the Lord made us to be. 
Well, you talk about that authenticity, and I think that's a huge piece. Um, you know, I, as you know, I've now been a missionary for a year and a half, and I send out a newsletter monthly or maybe every six weeks, but I have a lot of people that um, subscribe to my newsletter. Some of them are in the church, and some of them are very much not in the church and would really have kind of a, you know... A rejection of Jesus, but they, they love me. They are connected with me. And so I, um, I've become very aware that that is like a platform that the Lord has given me to, to share him, but to do it in a way that, that makes him accessible to people that maybe have those church hurts or have those, you know, um, concerns or, you know, they're just not really sure what they think about God, or they don't really think that they want have it, want to have anything to do with the Lord. And so um, I see even in the youth, you know, you talk about the, this generation not wanting hypocrisy. I think that is huge. And when we talk about sharing Jesus, it has to be from a posture of love and it has to be that, you know, however we are sharing Jesus that the people that we are sharing them with feel the love of Christ, that it they don't feel judged by us. They don't feel um, condemned by us because it is not our job to convict people when we see people in, you know, in lifestyles that, you know, are not biblical or, or whatever. But, um, and so I've just, I've, I've really seen that of, you know, I want to, I want to honor the Lord and how I portray him, but also he is a God of excellence. And so we should be, you know, have that same spirit of excellence in how we portray the Lord and how we, you know, showcase, you know, who he is and, you know, who he is to us. Um, and so to me, that's very important. And I see that even in the youth, they're getting excited, they're rising up, but they also have that desire for that authenticity. And they want, they want something that's real. Um, and we just had like a youth week, like last month. And, you know, some of them have really creative ideas, and it looks different than maybe the way we normally run a church service, but it's beautiful. We had one girl that's really gifted in poetry and spoken word and you know she did a whole like drama and it was it was really amazing and so but they're like having these real conversations and I think that's what it is it's building relationship with people it's you know building those personal relationships which mirrors the type of relationship we're supposed to have with the Lord and so it's like out of our intimacy with the Lord that we then relate to the people around us and so I, that's kind of just how I live, but, but I think that, that is really key in how we're in the nations. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm going to leave shortly and Chris is going to come over and take my place and we'll, you guys carry on as long as you want. And, um, you know, we've all seen through the pandemic, so much um, corruption is being exposed and there's more corruption that will be exposed in regards to um, business and marketplace around the world. And this is such a, a perfect time of 
heavenly opportunities specific for the business-minded kingdom worshipers to rise up to connect together around the world and and the, there's a scripture that says we'll neither a borrower or a lender be that we will even lend to nations that we're in uh, the most opportune time in history for God's people with um, the character of Christ and integrity to come together Amen. to be an example to bring change you know and we pray for for those that will be exposed god have mercy on their souls but the world will know and technology is being redeemed for god's purposes as he expands his kingdom and connects his his family the the bride the ecclesia the remnant around the world but in business this is a time for us to rise and shine and to connect and to build strategic alliances for the glory of the lord and i, I think many of us you know i'm i'm skeptical of um, crypto and bitcoin but i love the idea of the the non-hierarchical yeah. um decentralized aspect and I believe in spiritual terms, God's heart is for us to uh, come together yes. as the different parts of his body, each with different functions, giftings, callings, but always with Jesus Christ as the head. Amen. And so uh, this uh, working across the nomination lines, I love your heart, what you've shared, Pacific and Joanna and CMM has a heart too. We work with Amen. people from all different streams, many different backgrounds. In our school, many times we have lively debates of 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 the uh, the mystics versus the the millennials versus the end time raptures, and it's like I just kind of sit back and smile and enjoy the debate. It's like, hey, what do we agree on? You know that Jesus is the only way to be reconciled Amen. to the Father. Um, that the uh, word of God is infallible, and it, He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And if we focus on those main things that are non-negotiable, then the Amen. other things uh, that are negotiable but not essential to us entering into, into heaven, it's more important for people to deal with things like how unforgiveness can keep them out of heaven. That's the meat of where we need to help get people educated and informed to be strong in the foundations of the word, strong in the Holy Spirit, knowing the voice of the Lord, but then of going into the deeper things and going into the, the, the meaty times that we are in. So I, I hate to leave, but God bless you all. Thank you for coming. You'll and Chris will take over. Yes. And we'll get to see the rest. Okay. Thank um, you, Pacific. I'd thank like you so to, much, Edita Appreciates. Thank you. Um, so I'd like to just yeah. follow up with what uh, what George said in in, in, in in as an example. Um I guess I could use that word something about an open door. Um, I, uh, it, when you're trying to get work people together, there's nothing like relationships yeah. and kind of having a meal together and kind of having that open door of just being with each other. So uh, when I was just, I was in college, I was in a music uh, group in my college and we did a, a music festival in Italy. Okay, my first time out of the country. And uh, while I was there, um, I came across a group of people meeting in a Catholic church. Uh, and of course, I didn't, I was not fluent in Italian, but I just 
the Holy Spirit just said, go in there and meet them. And so I just walked in the door and they were shocked that an American would come in and have any interest in the local people. And so I just walked in and said, hi, I'm John. And they were like welcoming me because uh, the, usually the Americans that came and did the music, it was a, it was a worldwide festival, you know, kind of big deal. And we were the choral group and that sang and all the operas and stuff like that, you know, all the musical stuff. So they were shocked that I would come in and they welcomed me. And the first thing they did was come on over and have some, you know, have a meal with us. And the local people, it was an area of Italy that had truffles, which is a very fine kind of thing. But so I began to eat food that was from that area, from that, that kind of food. And there became a bond there. And that totally crossed to culture, language, differences, opinion, you know, things like that. So like there's something about that open door of fellowship that God has that if you're willing to go through that door, that God will bring together a sense of, of the body coming together. Um, and, and one of the things that, um, I'll just say one more thing like that, is the Lord, you know, that vision of Ezekiel about the dry bones. Um, I believe that is a prophetic word for this season that we're Praise in, that God is bringing, bringing the bones together in a supernatural way. There was no hand, there was no man's hand involved in it at all. They were scattered, they were dry. They were dry. And this when God brings something together, it, it's not dry anymore. <laughs> you know, the presence of God just comes and so anyway, so I just wanted to share that. Pacific, was there any more from just kind of sharing the vision or anything? Was there was there anything else that you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, I, I actually was just uh, wanted to complete by uh, having a different project. It's like uh, after that Kingdom Business Forum, we have been also looking how can we start rising a young generation, you know, uh, helping even our government system to come up with a curriculum, you know, that will help uh, our schools to teach to teach kids about God, how to partner with God. You know, in all schools in Rwanda, we ha they have one course. They go with that course until to the university about they call it religion, where they thought about uh, God with the philosophy. God is omnipotent, omnipresent be God, immutable, which is there, you know, but not really bring God like something that they can pattern and understand how to work with God. So that's how we come up with this uh, Glorious Academy. We're looking to have uh, primary and high school. Uh, our heart is to, to show our government the model, you know, how kids should be raised in godly way. Uh, I know American, you are now left in God in this time this generation but your foundation was a was in god you know i think that's how you you get to z to this position that you are in so i believe that if we can raise uh, young people uh kings with this uh kingdom minded from the edge edge uh young age i think that's 
it's one of the solutions that we are thinking for, for preparing the future of young people. From there, also looking how also can we involve ourselves, uh, come up with something that will stabilize our financial. You know, uh, our heart is also to look, how can we stabilize ourselves? How can we do something that will bring the income? How can we now just live, you know, coming out from spirit as a church also, uh, joining the world, joining, uh, you know, God's kingdom on how to do business. That's why we are coming up with uh, coding school, planning to have a company, you know, involved. You know, uh, I, I really believe that we as a Christian, we have to come, we have to take the position that's the position in the business, in the government, in the marketplace, you know, and do it in godly way. So we don't want to teach people what we are not doing. We want also to involve ourselves and do it uh, in the way also will stabilize our financial. Because we know that we can look for support, but it will not remain forever. How can we uh, utilize it and build, you know, come up with a project, come up with different uh, strategy that's will bring income to the fatherhood sanctuary. So um that's what actually we are we we are we are doing and uh, we are looking uh to be the uh I don't know how to say it but uh, we are setting the example for churches for the Africans for other people that they want to do things in godly way. So thank you so much I think that's what I can be able to share. Unless if there is any question or something you want me to make clear, I can I can still come back to that. So thank you so much. Well, let me expand on the the company um, because yeah, I, I mentioned about the Bethel Tech, and so what we're then wanting to have is a a technology company that then we would hire the students as they graduate from it, but then. The, the company would um, receive contracts and like the government would hire the company to do coding contracts or different companies would hire our company to do these coding contracts. And then from there, we would pay our coders, our employees, but also some of the money that comes in would also be able to go back into some of these projects that we're building or we're trying to, you know, build school. We have land um, that has already been purchased. We have it, but we're still trying to raise the funds to actually start our build and, you know, break ground and start construction. So there's different things like that. And then even, you know, once you have a school, you know, tuition and school fees really only covers about 20% of revenue that you need for a school. So where does the other 80% of that revenue come? In America, you get, you know, revenue from the government, you get, um, you know, revenue from, from different things. Um, but when in, in Africa, there's not those same options. And so you, we've seen um, a lot of uh, the, the cost of tuition is going higher and people can't really afford it, but it's because they're trying to offset the fact that there's no other sources of revenue coming into schools. So schools are barely, they're not really making ends meet. And so it 
um, infringes on the quality the quality of education that students can receive. And so there's there are so many of these factors. So that's why we're also trying to take a business approach to the schools to have a business that would be partnered with the schools so that there's some other sources of revenue that can come in to the schools so that those can be self-sustaining and we're not solely relying on donations or things like that. So it's kind of the model that we're looking at to, to kind of give a little bit more details in that way. <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering maybe if you guys can share a little bit more about the vision of CMM. I know George kind of shared a little bit, but I'd love to hear maybe a little also, bit more. more specific yeah, specific to, to hear kind of what what is what is your organization? What are you guys doing? Um, wow. Well, in few words, uh, I would say the CMM is about uh, relationships. Um, it's about um, responding to the needs. That's what CMM does. And um, it is also, I would say, global family. Uh, it, it, it feels like a global family. Um, so CMM, to me, from my, from my experience and, and being part of CMM is that um, the founders and uh, both George and Anna Perret, they have a heart people they have a heart to not only yeah. spread the gospel but respond to the needs of that the people have um for example you can't preach to someone who's hungry right yeah you feed them first and then you tell them the gospel yeah. you cannot preach to someone who's homeless you help them find housing right. um yeah. you cannot um give someone the gospel when they need clean water. You yeah. provide the clean water. And then, yeah. um, so CMM is about leaving out the gospel in a way that it's not about if, you know, you're a Christian. It's not about if um, you're, you're, you're a goer go to church. But it's more about let's respond to the needs. And as we are responding to the needs, then we are a reflection of the heart of God. Um, and... Uh, CMM uh, has a lot of partnership with different churches. So, it's, it, so um, CMM partners with, with missionaries, individual missionaries, but CMM also partners with different churches around the world, Amen. different continents. Um, and, um, you know, so that there is a lot of donors and a lot of supporters and partners of CMM that meet monthly. And uh, right now we're, we are raising funds, um, you know, for the people, for the people that were impacted by uh, the earthquake in Turkey, in Turkey and Syria. Um, we are doing a monthly, uh, you know, uh, building wells, clean water. Um, you know, we sent kids to school. Um, I don't know, CMM is, is doing a lot of great work and definitely uh, uh, George Parrott stays busy, very busy, <laughs> as you can see, but that's because he, he leaves what he preaches and he preaches what he needs. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's what does CMM stand for? Uh, Christ My... Mandate Permissions. Yes. Christ Mandate Permissions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Amen. Yes. And then another thing I forgot that is very important CMM also um, um, empowers 
leaders. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. They're very, uh, Simon is very big on empowering and equipping and encouraging yeah. um, global leaders. Um, and uh, so there is this CMM big uh, WhatsApp group that has different ministers all mm -hmm. around the world, yeah. all the missionaries. Um, and in there, people post what's going on, how can we pray? Mm -hmm. So it, it CMM offers also a place for pastors, yeah. you know, to feel replenished and encouraged right. and, you know, and have a word of encouragement, right. uh, particularly during the pandemic, that was hard time. Mm -hmm. uh, we have um, also something called convert missions, which is uh, for those who are in persecuted, you know, persecuted church. So we also have a special fund for that, where we are, um, we, we keep um, uh, financing and supporting the pastors that are doing ministry in countries or nations where it's unsafe or mm -hmm. uh, it's not easily or they don't have access to that freedom to worship freely so yeah, yeah i wanted to add that empowering leaders. right amen, amen. That's something? Something? No. no that's good <laughs> that's really good I have a question. Uh, Go that, that, that's really good uh i think you have been doing the same in that area yeah, we have been paying for the school fees for many kids that they are living a poor life. We have been helping some in the village, building family, building some housing. housing. Um, I'm really close partnering with our government here to work together to come up with a solution. So, um, yeah, even, uh, yeah, we have a lot of things that we are doing in the community, a lot of things that we are doing in the community, you know, helping people to putting them in a small group where they can do a business, where their life can be transformed. Like last week, uh, my wife, Candy, she was a, she has been putting uh, women together in the church. So in this Sunday, we had uh, a women's Sunday. Oh, Joanna, you, you missed that. It was a really, really, really powerful. <laughs> it was a really, really good. So uh, they was able to buy like three God, three sheep for uh, some of women uh, giving them some um, chicken to start frying chicken and get some eggs sell in the market. You know that's what has been. There is a lot, lot of things that has been going on with that. As also we have been pa pa helping different churches, pastors. You know, um, I usually have a breakfast with them once per 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 month. And we see you see, having a problem. How can we come together? So I think you have been doing like the same, the same mission. So thank you so much to know that you you have the same heart with us. Amen. And to even go further, um uh, uh, one of the ways that we care for children is human trafficking. Mm -hmm. uh, CMM is very big with trafficking and um and, and child um slavery as well. Uh, so that is one of the the funds and and the the work that CMM does yeah. around the world, um, and it's very big on advocate, advocating and bringing more awareness to human trafficking and how um, more as Christians and pastors we can speak against that and stand against that as well. Amen. Mom, you had a question. Well, I was just wondering how people come together are you you're having this conference in September mm -hmm. is that what that is is that to bring these people together 
Um, so for the conference, um, there, we're still working on the details on what the the conference in September is going to look like. But oh, the, goal, the 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 conference is the same. It's, it's to get people together and work right. with. Um, and because we don't do a lot of conferences, so this is one of the ways to connect right. and right. to meet and to just empower one one another and just collectively worship. Amen. Did did he say something about it was bringing business leaders together or it was just kind of any of your partners? But this usually before the pandemic or after, I'm losing track since the lockdown, but this one is going to be about the kingdom builders. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So you call it kingdom builders. That's your business okay. leaders. Right? Yes. Right. Okay. Good. Something that, uh, um, uh, George was explaining me also is that they are looking also forward to connect uh, the people that it's involved in the theology mm -hmm. uh, uh, college or, or university, connect them because they have a lot of uh, teachings that are uh, good tools for local leaders. Mm -hmm. So we are uh, working on how to connect the local leaders with uh, the, pe the people that is uh, graduating uh, mm -hmm. from uh, from the theology college, and and have them uh, have access to good teachings, mm -hmm. right? And, and to be able to to have that same kind of connection that we are talking from mm -hmm. the kingdom business, also from the teaching perspective, and uh, for you know, past that are constantly in need of uh, uh, not just teachings, but different ways, different perspectives mm -hmm. to talk to, to the people mm -hmm. and, and have everybody, everybody grow. Mm -hmm. So like the, theology, the theological framework behind why you would be doing kingdom business mm -hmm. or something like that. So it's sort of the, um, the, the how to, maybe not the how to, but the 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 reasoning behind that the you know spiritual framework if you will for why this is a model why this is important why this is how you're choosing to do business or you're encouraging people to do business and that's something that uh, Pacific uh, mentioned is that it's it's very uh, it's very uh, it's there's an urgent need of for the people to grow more between point A, which is uh, uh, surrendering their life uh, and opening their heart to, to God, you know, to Jesus, and then waiting for the day that they die. Mm -hmm. How do they grow in the middle? And that's, right. and, uh, that's very important. <clears throat> Something that uh, you mentioned is that you want to focus on that. You want to focus on... on developing their spiritual growth so that they can not just wait for the end or just knowing how they can live the regular life because then there is no difference between a regular person and a person that has God right there is no difference so how can the people say I need God 
if their life is the same? How can they say, my children need God, my husband needs God? What change can we expect from our children at home if we are not teaching them God's way to live life? So I think it's very important what you're uh, what you're focusing. Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Hmm. I have to go to another meeting yeah. on the other side of town because it may seem small, but it is. Big. It takes a while. Yeah, it takes exactly. a while to go on the How other side. Well, we feel pretty well. Good about yeah, I think I think we're okay. We're probably okay. Okay. But, but uh, uh, on behalf of. Uh, George Parrott, thank you for your work and thank you for your obedience. Uh, oh, many yes. people, many, everybody does not always respond to their call. Mm -hmm. So thank you for um, the, the work that you're doing in Rwanda. Um, also from the historical background as well. Um, thank you for uh, seeing the need mm -hmm. and willing to stand out instead of just trying to fit in in the ministry of doing what everybody's doing, mm. but willing to be bold enough. Mm. Um, so we'll keep you and- I'm gonna step out, I'll, I'll yes. get contacts that we can share. So we'll keep it. praying for yeah. you and praying for you guys. Um, and just know that um, as uh, we're one in the body of Christ, yes. we'll continue to pray for one another and support one another. Can, yeah. can someone just pray a blessing or just kind of, you know, yes, speak yeah. that into yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I just want to say thank you. Thank you, John, for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the CMM World Team. I really appreciate for the time you give to us. Thank you so much, my daughter, Joanna. I love you. You know about that. So I just missing you. So I love you all. And uh, I'm really blessed for this meeting. And I'm feeling so much encouraged and no that there's something that God is doing. Sometimes we feel dry, we feel like we don't know where we are going and how it will look like. But uh, when we saw some signs like that, I know, wow, there's something that God is doing and it gives it gives us some hope and, uh, you know, keep trusting in him and uh, believe like he will come in and something will be better. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Can we pray? Yes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Manatra Wishimi Man <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, we'll be definitely uh, 
in contact. Yes. Yes. Appreciate it. Okay. God bless. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you. God bless. Au revoir. Yeah. Au revoir. Au revoir. Yes. <laughs> Did we start the recording? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's down there. Here. The pop. Yeah. Yeah.